big welcome to everyone here this morning. Welcome if you're joining us online today. You know, welcome to church. This is an exciting morning. And I believe this is going to be an exciting summer, right? <clears throat> Last week we were challenged to, um, to reach out and serve our community. And maybe you, some of you served by cutting someone's lawn. Or maybe you brought a meal to someone. Or you uh, bought a coffee to someone in the line behind you. Or maybe you did pray and go in a neighborhood this week. But you know, whatever you did, I say good on you, right? Good on you. You know, there are so many different um, ministry and outreach ideas that we can use to reach people for Jesus. It's all about reaching people for Jesus. You know, it's, it's just about, it, it's about connecting with people. It's, it's about being nice to people, welcoming people, like Jesus would, right? You know, and, and meeting, greeting and meeting people. So my challenge to you, to all of you today, is to meet someone new and to invite someone new into your world. Because, listen, it's all for just one more. Just one more person to come to know Jesus. Just one more person to find a home, a family to be belong to. And, I, and this summer, we are believing. We're believing for just one more child to know Jesus. Just one more family to come to Christ. Um, just one more neighbor or co-worker to find Jesus and to find a home. Just one more prodigal to come home. Just one more addict to be delivered and set free. Just one more hopeless, helpless person or suicidal person to find, a new, to find new life and new joy. Just, just one more saved from an eternity in hell and on their way to an eternity with Jesus Christ. Amen? Question, what would you do? What would you do for your brother, sister, father, or mother to come to Christ? Me? I'd do, I'd do anything. I'd do just about anything. And I'm sure that you would too, right? But here's the question. Would you do it for someone else's father, mother, sister, brother? Would you do it for someone else? If, we'd, if we would all do it for someone else, we, made a great, we would make a great impact for the kingdom of God. Do you agree with that? No, what would Jesus, WWJD, what would Jesus do for one? Jesus said he would leave the 99 and he would go for the one. What would heaven do for one? Heaven would rejoice like crazy, celebrate like crazy. Jesus said that all heaven would literally stop to rejoice over one. And listen, if you were the only one, he would have went to the cross for you. Amen? He would have went to the cross for you. God's heart is for everyone, everywhere. We're going to look at a few scriptures. Everyone's scriptures. Mark chapter 16, 15. Then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to who? Everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. 2 Peter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. 1 Timothy 2, 2, 5. For there is only one God, one mediator, who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for who? Everyone. 
Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Romans 3.22, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Praise God. And of course, John 3.16, for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's God's will. Amen? Say with me, everyone. Say with me just one more. Say with me, everybody needs Jesus. Say with me, everybody needs a home. Amen. You know, I believe that God, and I said it in pre-service prayer, I believe that God wants to do special, something special in the heart of our church. I believe that today, God wants to stir your heart. I believe that God is going to stir every heart here today. Your mission from God is going to be so clear in your spirit. You are, or you, are, you are going to be not only inspired, but you're going to be empowered to reach the everyone's in your world. You think about soul winners. Immediately I think of the Apostle Paul. I think Apostle Paul could possibly have been the greatest soul winner the world has ever seen. We don't even know the hundreds of thousands of people he affected through his preaching and his ministry. The Apostle Paul had an incredible passion and enthusiasm and ambition to reach people for Jesus Christ. Listen to his words. Romans 15, 20. My ambition has, been always, has always been to preach, to proclaim the good news in places where Christ has not been heard of so as not to build on a foundation laid by someone else. As the scripture says, those who were not told about him will see, those who have not heard will understand. Paul tells us how he reached the Gentiles, how we reach people, those who don't see, those who haven't understand. Romans 15, 17, Paul says, so I have reason to be enthusiastic about all Christ Jesus has done through me in my service to God. Yet, I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me, bringing the Gentiles to God by my message and by the way I worked among them. They were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's Spirit. In that scripture, we see three ways, three ways that Paul gives us and with, to which the, he used to convince the Gentiles of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Three ways. Number one, it's on your screen. The message, which is the gospel. Number two, the way I worked among them. In other words, Paul's life, his lifestyle. Number three, signs and wonders, power of Holy Spirit. Question, how will your family member, how will that unsaved family member come to Christ? How would that friend, how would that co-worker come to Christ? How would they come? Number one, first way, through the message. 
the gospel of message of Jesus Christ. Somebody has to tell somebody else the good news, the gospel, before they will ever get saved. You know that? They have to hear. Paul says, Romans 10, 14, but how can people call on him for help if they have not yet believed? And how can they believe in the one they have not yet heard of? And how can they hear the message of life if there is no one there to proclaim it? And how can the message be proclaimed if the messengers, if the workers have yet to be sent? That is why the scriptures say, how welcome is the arrival. Another version says, how beautiful are the feet. How welcome is the arrival. That Greek word implies their arrival comes at just the right time. How welcome is the arrival. How beautiful are the feet. Of those, who, of those proclaiming the joyful news of peace and of good things to come, the gospel message. For your friend to come to Christ, you've got to be bold. You've got to step out. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you told someone about Jesus? Was it last week? Was it last month? Was it last year? Today? Awesome. But maybe for some, it might be never. The Great Commission is all about go and tell everyone. Preach it. Preach the good news. That's what the Great Commission is about. Who's, whose commission is the Great Commission? It's your commission. It's my commission. It's our commission. You have a life to live. Every, you know, all of you, you have a life to live. But if you're a believer in Christ today, you've got more than that. You've got a life to give. You've got a life to give, an awesome life, an abundant life, a supernatural life. You've got Jesus to give, right? And you also, you, have the, you also have the greatest, the most powerful, the most important message to declare the gospel. What is the gospel? Maybe the gospel is not clear. Rice Brooks, in his definition of the gospel, makes it so clear. Such a good definition of the gospel. It's on your screen. The good news is that God became man in, Je- in Christ Jesus. He lived a life we should have lived. He died a death we should have died in our place. Three days later, he rose from the dead, proving he is the Son of God, and offering the gift of salvation to all who repent and believe in him. Go tell someone. Go tell everyone the gospel. Amen? Tell everyone about Jesus. And if you can't, tell them, and then get them to the house. Get them here, and they will hear the gospel message. You can be guaranteed. You bring someone here, they're going to hear the gospel. They're going to hear about Jesus. Amen? That's our guarantee to you. Paul convinced the people of God. First, through the message, they heard the gospel. Second, second way, number two, by the way I worked among them. In other words, by our lifestyle, by our lives. Listen, as believers, our lives should be attractional. Our lives should be full of joy. Our lives should be full of life. Do you agree with that? And people should look at you and say, 
you know what? I want to be like that guy. I want to be like Burton. I want to be like Jason. I want to be like that father. You know, I love that family. What makes that family so different? In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul says, Even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Then he gives us a list. Religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ. But I entered their world and I tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message. I just didn't want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. Wow. I love the way those words are written. Paul is saying, I do everything I can to save some. We look at our world today. Within our world are all these different worlds, aren't they? Aren't there? Think about it. We're heading into summertime. And what's going to happen in, you know, as we hit into late June and, and throughout July and August? Rodeos. Right? Cowboy hats, boots. And we're going to see rodeos all over the place. You know? All the wild rest and all that celebration. It's a big world. Somebody has to reach that world. We think about the sports world. We think about hockey. Well, hockey's kind of over now. But there's minor baseball. There's soccer. There's all these. It's a, it's a sports world where all kinds of people you know, are gathered around this thing called sports, right? You know, think about business, the business world. It's a huge world. Somebody has to reach them for Jesus Christ. You know, I think about the ethnic world. So many different ethnicities right in our city. And every single one of those necessities were called to be, to be reached for Jesus. Amen? I remember when I was in the business world. That seemed like such a long time ago. And I remember my pastor telling me, it's your mission field. It's your mission field, Doug. And the very reason that you're in that field is to reach people for Jesus Christ. And it's, it's the place where, and this, it was the place where I could be successful, I could prosper, but, uh, but it could also be generous, and I could be helpful to people, and I could be forgiving, I could be like Jesus, I could be attractional. We preach the message, not just with words, but literally by our lives, don't we? We're the Bible. And the Bible says that in this world we are like him. The character and the integrity of the messenger is also very vital. Do we agree? Last one. Paul says, I reached the Gentiles by signs, wonders, signs and wonders, the power of God's Spirit. What only God can do. First Corinthians chapter two, verse one. Paul says, When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you of God's secret plan. I relied only, I relied only, do you see that, those words up there? I relied only on the power 
of the Holy Spirit. Paul said it didn't come to you with eloquent philosophy, not even just good theology or good doctrine, all those things are really important, but I came with the power of God. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus told his disciples, wait in Jerusalem because you will receive lots of good words. Is that what he said? He said, you will see lots of power. Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. Everyone, everywhere, because everybody needs Jesus and everybody needs a home in every nation on earth to the power of Holy Spirit. And then that predicted power comes in Acts chapter, if you read the, to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, Peter preaches, 3,000 people come to Christ. Later two, in Acts chapter 4, 5,000 men, not including men, women and children, come to Christ. And the number is now 20,000. The kingdom of God is expanding. God is on the move. You read the entire book of Acts, all the book of Acts, is all about signs and wonders, power of the Holy Spirit. Shouldn't be any different today. We think about one of the greatest evangelists the world has ever seen is, is Reinhard Bonnke. Bill Graham was great, but there's another guy I want to, I want to highlight today, Reinhard Bonnke. He just passed away in 2019. When Reinhard Bonnke did his first crusade, you know how many people showed up? 60 people showed up in Africa. But one person got healed. The next day, the place is packed. Reinhard Bonnke, in his missionary organization called Christ for Nations, is reported to have, have, have led up to 79 million people to Christ. Africa, Asia, North America. 79 million people. Billy Graham actually preached to well over almost uh, a quarter of a billion people. 250 million people crowded those stadiums in all the other campaigns that Billy Graham did. You know, we think about all those things that have happened in the past, but what about today? What about today? I believe that today we're heading into the most exciting days that we've ever, that I believe we've ever seen in our decade. Here's the picture. Does anybody recognize that picture? Yeah, that's Pirates Cove, California. Just a few weeks ago, 5,000 people got water baptized. And that's just the beginning, just the beginning. The prophetic words, amazing words. We're hearing amazing words, and some of you have already heard these. Karen actually gave some of you these words. The prophetic word over Canada recently is this, that Canada will be the first, fruits, first fruit nation in this global awakening that's going to take place. First fruits nation. The prophet said what God is going to do with Canada will shock the world. Canada will lead nations, other nations, to Christ. The leaves of the tree 
are for the healing of the nation. That's a scripture in Revelations, isn't it? And the prophecy, our prophets are prophesying. God is about to show himself to the world. And he's using his church. He's using, using his body. And I believe that in these are times when God is, gonna, is just trying to enlist and trying to empower his church in the ways in the, of the book of Acts. And I believe we will see a mighty awakening coming. coming. Are you excited about that? Yes. That should make the hair stand up on the back of your head. Question. So what can we expect? This move of God. What's it going to look like? What, what can we expect? How's it going to look like? Well, I believe here's a picture of what it could look like. Acts chapter 2 verse 17. This is what I will do. God says, this is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my... Are we in the last days? Are we? We're in the last of the last days, I believe. Not to mean too many people would deny that. This is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy and your young men will see visions. Are you a young man? You're going to see visions. Divinely appointed appearances. Divine encounters. And see into the spiritual realm. And your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Are you ready to prophesy? Didn't he say, on all men and women? That includes you, right? Get ready to prophesy. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, you will prophesy. Verse 19, I will reveal startling signs and wonders in the sky above and mighty miracles on the earth below. Are you ready? Blood and fire, pillars of clouds, and my commentary, the sweet smell of burning incense, worship, will appear. For the sun will be turned dark and the moon blood red before that great and awesome appearance of the day of the Lord. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Praise the Lord. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on everyone, all flesh, every single man, woman, and child, everyone the spirit's going to touch. I'm a spirit-filled believer. I speak in tongues, and I'm so glad I do, despite a bunch of other critical jargon that's coming out against the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and the gifts and the miracles for this time. I believe that, it, you know, I believe in all that. You know, some people are scared of Holy Spirit. They're scared that they're going to lose control. But you know what? They don't, you know, they don't realize this, that one of the... One of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is what? Self-control. You never have to be afraid of the Holy Spirit and what he's going to do for you and through you. You never. You might as well be afraid of Jesus then, right? Because he's the same. He is the Holy Spirit. So how do we walk in this Holy Spirit power? I'm not going to go. I'm just going to quickly talk about it. How do we walk in the Holy Spirit power? power? Start talking to the Holy Spirit. Start talking to him as a real, powerful person with you, inside of you. Talk to him. Open up your heart to him. You know, invite him into your life. Number two, 
Read the Holy Spirit's book. The Bible is Holy Spirit inspired. Every single word. Amen? Third thing you can do, sing to Holy Spirit. Sing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs unto Him. Develop a relationship with Holy Spirit. Ask Him to be your senior partner. Right? And He will. So on your screen. So how will anyone be convinced and come to Jesus Christ? Three ways. By the message that we speak for the gospel, by our lives as a witness to people, and number three, by the power of God. Points one and two can be done in a human way. Point number three is God and only God. It's only God. God's heart is all about just one more. I'm going to talk about this movie. And I just watched the game. It's called Schindler's List. And I've talked about this years before. It came out in 1993. Produced by Spielberg. One of the greatest films ever made. Recipient of seven Academy Awards, including Best Picture. It, it almost perfectly, powerfully parallels, parallels and portrays God's heart for people. It's based on a true story of a Nazi. He's a Czech businessman, Oskar Schindler. And he opens up this factory and he hires Jewish people, Jewish labor in occupied Poland. And as World War II progresses and as the fate of the Jews becomes more and more clear to Schindler, Schindler's motivations begin to switch from just making, from just making a profit to human compassion, human sympathy. And in the end, in the end, he is able to save more than 1,200 people from death in the gas chambers. He spent his entire fortune. This guy was literally wealthy. He had hundreds of thousands to take home. But he spent his entire fortune bribing SS officers to prevent his Jewish workers from being executed until the end of the war in 1945. Dubbed as one of the most historically significant films of all times, Schindler's List is a powerful story of the triumph of one man who made a difference and the drama of those who survived one of the darkest chapters in human history because of what just one man did, what he, because he did. It's an amazing, amazing movie. I, I think no other movie has impacted me other than maybe The Passion of Christ more than that movie. At the end of the movie, there's this powerful scene. The war is over. Oskar Schindler and his wife are fleeing to West Germany because they're, they're going to be prisoners of war. They're Nazis. It's midnight. And gathered around him sees all these people. And they're there to express the gratitude to him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22, Paul said, Yes, I try to, fi- I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. God's heart is for the one. God's heart is for just one more. Just a thousand, just three thousand, just twenty thousand, just every one. Bow your heads.
know, for every person here, there's just one more person in your world, in your life, who needs Jesus. Ask yourself this question. Who in my life is this, is just one more that God, you want me to, to reach, that you put into my life? You know, there's a harvest out there right now. There's a harvest just waiting to hear the good news, waiting to receive the, up, the invitation to come to Jesus Christ. Waiting to be touched and to be filled with Holy Spirit's power. So the question is this. What will you do? What will you give to reach just one in your world today? Just one. One more. To see that one say, what would you do? Let's pray. Father God, your heart is for one. Is for everyone to come to Jesus Christ. Father, I ask you, Holy Spirit, stir every heart here to live for your mission, for, to live for your mission. Make it so clear in our spirit. And Holy Spirit, inspire us and empower us to reach everyone in our world. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone declared and said, what? Amen and amen. Amen. Keep your heads bowed. I want to say maybe you're here and you were never really connected to God. You haven't invited Christ into your heart. Or maybe you're, you're a person that you think your life is so messed up that God can't really, you know, God won't accept you. I want to tell you, God changes his me messed up lives and God will accept you today. If that's you, and you need Jesus in your heart, you need Jesus in your life, you can connect to him today just by saying this powerful prayer, inviting him into your heart, into your life. I want to pray this powerful prayer for God, for you, for a brand new start, for a new life, for someone here today. God will make you into that new person. So with our heads bowed, let's pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I believe that what you did on the cross, you did for me. Thank you for shedding your blood, dying on the cross to pay for my sins. Today, Father, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. I surrender and I make you Lord and Savior in my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.